Welcome to the First Baptist Church Brunswick podcast. Join us as we desire to lead people into a deep and thriving relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, and I'm sure that you do, would you take them out and go to the New Testament book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 19. And if you're excited about being in the house of the Lord, can I get a hearty amen this morning? I'm so glad that you're here. And um, Rebecca Canute, where did Rebecca go? Is she? Hey, Rebecca, thank you for leading us in that song just a few minutes ago. Uh, just, just, yeah, give her a hand, clap of praise. Rebecca is about to set out on a journey, a month-long mission trip to Guatemala. Is that correct? Leaving tomorrow. She is leaving tomorrow to go on a month-long mission trip to Guatemala. And uh, folks, this is what we've prayed for in our church, that we'd raise up missionaries to send them out to tell people about Jesus. And so, Rebecca, we're praying for you, and uh, we pray that God would watch over you, keep you safe, and I pray that it'll be a fruitful, fruitful experience for you and for the kingdom. And all the church says amen on that. Well, Matthew chapter 19, if you have your Bibles uh, with you this morning, we're continuing our summer sermon series titled Summer Summer Love, Learning How to Love Like Jesus. And in this series, um, we are just looking at different aspects of God's love. Um, what, What does God love and how do we need to love? Because the truth is we want to live a life that reflects God's love. Amen? We want to live a life that reflects God's love to a lost and dying world. Our world desperately needs to know the love of Jesus. Would you agree with that statement? And so that's why we're looking at this topic of love. Our theme of verse um, for this series is 1 Corinthians 16, verse 14, which says this, let all that you do be done in love. Everything that you do, it needs to be done in love. Last week, we looked at a father's love for his children on Father's Day. Uh, the week before that, we looked at uh, what, what brotherly love is like. And today, uh, we are going to look at God's love for his children, God's love for his children. And I've titled today's message, Jesus Loves the Little Children. Have y'all heard that song before? Let's sing it together. Can we do that? Let's sing it. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of... The little children of the world. Give yourself a hand. That was amazing. That was amazing. That is one of... um one of the most famous songs that we sing as children that we teach our children. And today as we kick off Vacation Bible School, Destination Dig, Unearthing the Truth About Jesus, I can't think of a better subject to preach on than that of children. Children are extremely important to God. And what I want to do in today's message is this, is I want us to see how Jesus talked to children, how Jesus handled the children, how he, how he loved the children. And then my, my prayer and my hope is as we go through God's word this morning, just looking at Jesus's example of how he loved children, my prayer and my hope is, is that we as a church would follow suit, that we would love children with all of our heart, 
that we would not turn them away, that we would not reject them, but rather our children's ministry would be, the, would be a thriving ministry because we want to invest in the lives of children. And let me give you two reasons why um, I believe this is an extremely important message and a timely message. Number one, you might want to write this down, it'll be on the screen behind me as well, but number one, now Vacation Bible School or VBS is missions critical for the church. It is missions critical for the church, and really it's missions critical for, for any church. And in reality, Vacation Bible School is hard work. Can I get an amen on that one? It is hard work. Many people stay up late nights preparing for the crafts. Um, many stay up late nights preparing for, for Bible studies. Um, many stay up late to learn how to do all the dance moves and lead worship rally. But I can never get it. I can't figure it out. Well, I lead the worship rally. If you want to see your pastor dance, then watch, all right? You want to check out Vacation Bible. I'm not going to do it for you right now because... Uh, you would leave immediately. But Vacation Bible School is hard work, and, and it's, it's, it takes creative people. It takes creative people like Rebecca Scarborough to, de to decorate our stage. Can we give her a round of applause for that? That's great. She didn't want to be recognized, and that's why I'm doing it. And so, But she does an amazing job. Folks, it takes a large group of people to put on a vacation Bible school. It takes time. It takes effort. And, and the reason we do this and the reason other churches across the United States do this is because it's worth it. Vacation Bible school is worth the effort. Vacation Bible school is worth the investment. I want you to see some statistics from, from 2019 Vacation Bible School. Obviously, this was pre-COVID. I have an image on the screen. It's going to be a little hard to see, but, but I'm going to read these numbers to you. In 2019, Vacation Bible School, over 25,000 churches held Vacation Bible School. And these stats that I'm sharing with you are the stats where the, the churches turned them in. So there's other churches who haven't turned them in. But in 2019, 2.5 million kids came to Vacation Bible School. 2.5 million. There were over 70,000 salvations in 2019 due to Vacation Bible School. 155,000 prospects were discovered. Prospects means people, children, families who are not connected to the church who have now been discovered and now the church can go interact with them. Uh, in 2019, there were over 1,383 responses to God's call into ministry and into missions. I find that to be amazing. And then one of the most amazing stats that, that I found in 2019 is this, that there were over $6 million given to mission causes through Vacation Bible School. Can we give a hand clap of praise for that? That's incredible. I mean, that, that's, that's incredible. So for many churches and, and, and for us as well, Vacation Bible School is the single most evangelistic outreach event of the year. When we do Vacation Bible School, it opens up doors to the community. It opens up doors to our neighbors. It opens up doors to our friends. And we want to let them know that we love families, that we are for children, and that Jesus is for children as well. And whenever we come to Vacation Bible School, it is all about sharing sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
The goal is to teach our children about Jesus so that they'll come to a saving knowledge of him and will follow in believer's baptism. That's why I believe what we're preaching on, what I'm speaking on this morning is extremely important. Vacation Bible school is missions critical. This is not something we just do, oh, just because. No, this is our heartbeat. This is what we love to do. And this is what we get excited about. And so this week, I pray, if you're not participating, in Vacation Bible School, would you participate by praying for us, praying for over for the over 100 volunteers? They are going to need it. Amen? Because by the time Wednesday comes, all of the volunteers, they will be so tired. They will be wiped out, but they need your prayers. But would you also pray for them and pray for the over 140, 150 kids that we already have registered so when they come in that they'll hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. So why are, we, why are we speaking on Jesus loves the little children? Because vacation Bible school is extremely important. The second reason, this is where we're going to see in a great portion of our, te- our time in the text learning about this. And we need to understand this is that Jesus gives value to children. Jesus highly values children. When you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there are two specific um, moments where Jesus interacts with Jesus. You have uh, one moment is in Matthew 18 and in Mark 9. The other moment is found in Matthew 19, Mark 10, and in Luke 18. They all pretty much say the same thing, but in our text in Matthew chapter 19, this is one of the moments where Jesus interacts with children. And I want us to see how he interacts and that, that we would follow suit. So follow along with me in your copy of God's Word. It's also on the screen behind me. Matthew 19, verses 13 through 15, and it reads this. And then some children were brought to him so that he may lay his hands on them and pray, but the disciples rebuked them. And then, but then Jesus said, let the children alone and do not hinder them from coming to me for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And after laying his hands on them, he departed from there. And what you need to know about Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 uh, through 15 is this. This is the Magna Carta of children. This is how, this is how we learn to, to minister to uh, children. And these are some of the simplest words that Jesus ever spoke. And uh, you would have to have a hard, cold heart to not be moved by these words of Jesus. And in this passage, there are four things that move my heart, and I hope it'll move yours as well. Number one, I want you to see this. The first thing we see in this text that it moves my heart, hopefully it'll move yours, is this, is that the parents desired to bring their children to Jesus. Do you see that in the text? The parents wanted to bring their children to Jesus. Moms and dads, for some reason, wanted their sons and their daughters to be in close contact with Jesus. Now, we see that today in my position as pastor a lot of times I hear this I'll hear moms and dads say something like this you know I want my son and daughter to be introduced to Jesus but here's what parents often do they'll bring their son and their daughter to Jesus and then moms and dads often go someplace else right that's what we see folks it makes no sense if you're a parent or a grandparent to say you know I want my child I want my grandchild to know Jesus but I don't want anything to do with Jesus that that doesn't make sense But here's what we see here that moves my heart and ultimately it moves Jesus' heart, that the parents actually wanted their children to come close to Jesus. 
Now, in this context, in Jesus' day, it is quite customary for mothers to bring their children to a distinguished rabbi so that he could place his hands upon them and pray for them. And so you see this. This is what the moms did. They wanted to bring their children to Jesus so that he could lay their hands on them. I think this is one of the, uh, the, the, loveliest, the loveliest stories in the gospel story, how moms and dads just wanted their sons and their daughters to know Jesus. That's a good thing. Now look back in verse number 13. Look at the phrase that says this, then some children were brought to him. Everybody see that? Now we'll do a little Greek on you because you're all Greek scholars. Can I get an amen on that one? Okay, look at that word brought. In Greek, it is in the imperfect tense. Well, what in the world does that mean? In the imperfect tense in Greek, it means this. It is a past action that is not stopped, that it continues. It's something that has been done in the past, but it continues. So the text says, it's very visual. The text says, then some children were brought to him. So Matthew wants you and I to understand that this just wasn't one or two or three children. This is, this is a line of children. People kept bringing, uh, parents kept bringing their children to Jesus. It kept going on and on and on and on and on. It was ongoing. And the parents simply wanted Jesus to touch them. He wanted them. They wanted them to pray over him. Turn over to Luke chapter 18 with me, please. Go to Luke chapter 18. Go to Luke chapter 18. I'm going to tell you, here in a second, you're going to get real excited today. I promise you. Here in a moment, you're going to get there. Luke chapter 18, look at verse number 15. This is the same story, same story of Jesus um, having parents bring their children to Jesus, but, but Luke kind of gives it a, a, his own idea of it. Verse 15 says this, and they were bringing even their, what's that word? Babies. Now, Matthew said children, but here Luke says babies. Here, do, do some more Greek. The word that Luke uses for babies is the Greek word brephos. Say that with me, brephos. Now here's what's interesting about that word brephos. It is used um, when, when the shepherds uh, cry out to, excuse me, when the angels cry out to the shepherds and say, you need to go to Bethlehem because there you'll find the what? The babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. That's the word that Luke uses. It's brephos. But it is also the same word that Luke uses in Luke chapter 1, verse 44, which says this, For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby, brephos, leaped in my womb for you. So the word brephos, okay, get this picture. The word brephos in Scripture means two things. It means a baby, like the Christ child, but also the word brephos also means an embryo. I told you you were going to get excited, huh? It means embryo. Because the text that I just read to you from Luke chapter 1, verse 44, is the story of John the Baptist. And when John the Baptist heard Mary's voice, because Mary is carrying the baby Jesus, when John the Baptist, the embryo in his mother's womb, heard Mary's voice, it says this, he leapt with joy, and Luke uses the Greek word brephos. Baby, inside the mother's womb. So church, let me tell you this. 
Church, understand this. Do not let anybody tell you that the Bible does not talk about the unborn. Do not let anybody say, well, you know, Jesus or the Bible never mentions the, the, uh, an embryo or something still inside of the body. Listen, the Bible is clear. The Bible is clear. Whenever a baby is inside the mother's womb, it is a person or they are a person. They have dignity. They have worth. They must be treated with dignity. Why? Because Jesus brings value to children. Jesus brings value to children once they've been born and once they have been conceived. I don't know if y'all are with me this morning. I really don't. I really, really don't. Maybe I'm not communicating well. Maybe I'm off my rocker this morning. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Write this down. The second thing I see in this text is this the disciples refuse to let children come to Jesus. And I, I'm just going to be honest. Um, I pray that's not us. I pray that's not us. Verse 13, then some children were brought to him so that he may lay his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. Now, who are the disciples? They're the followers of Jesus. I mean, this is a tough text. But for some reason here, when parents are bringing children to Jesus, for some reason the disciples decided to act like a presidential bodyguard and to keep people away. For whatever reason, the disciples who are the followers of Jesus, meaning Jesus is the leader, meaning Jesus is the one who gives us the example, meaning we follow Jesus, Jesus welcomes the children, but his followers are keeping people from Jesus. Do you get the picture? And when I read this text, one of the questions that I ask myself is this. Where in, where in context is this story taking place in the life of Jesus? You know, Jesus had a ministry of what, three years, right? Where does this take place? Is this in the first of his ministry? When maybe the disciples don't fully understand what's going on, he's just called them and, and, and so they don't fully get it. Or, or, or maybe it's in the middle of his ministry and, and they're just slow, right? Maybe, maybe that's the case. Or, or, is this, or is this at the end of his ministry? And if it is at the end of his ministry, then surely the disciples should know that they should always let people come to Jesus. So I'm thinking, okay, when is this in context of Jesus' ministry? Well, here's what we know from Scripture, that this story takes place in the last six months of Jesus' life. Do you get the picture? The disciples have been with Jesus for two and a half years. He's poured into them. 
He has told them, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father except through me. He's poured into them. And he has now told them, I have now turned my eye towards Jerusalem. I'm now going to be crucified. He says, I'm now going to, to glorify my Father. They know that. So, so Jesus has a task. Jesus is, he has, he has a purpose. He is on his way to the cross. And so for some reason, the disciples, the followers of Jesus, thought it would be a great idea to keep people from getting to Jesus so that he could go to the cross to win the people. They're trying to keep him from getting to Jesus. I mean, do you get it? I mean, do we get it? Man, I pray that's not us. I'm not saying it is, but I just pray that we as the followers of Jesus Christ as disciples, that we are not keeping children, that we're not keeping people from meeting the one that they so desperately need to meet. If we're the followers, that means we don't have the lead. If Jesus is welcoming others, if Jesus is welcoming children, then guess what? So should we. Yes, Jesus had a task to accomplish. He had a task to go to the cross. But he still had time for children. They still had time. Write this down, number three. Jesus, Jesus was frustrated at those who, could keep, who would keep children away. Turn over to Mark chapter 10. Go to Mark chapter 10. This is the other story of, of this same, uh, same story. But Mark chapter 10, verse 13. And here Jesus uses a word that's, that's really, or Mark uses a word that's really, really strong. Mark 10, verse 13, and it says this. And they, parents, were bringing children to him so that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw this, he was what? Say that word. He was indignant. He was indignant and he said to them, permit the children to come to me. Do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. Then I love verse 16. And he took them in his arms and began blessing them, laying his hands on them. Listen, what I see in this text, in Jesus' example with the children is this. He gets frustrated when we do things that keep children from him. Parents, Jesus gets frustrated when we do things that keep our sons and our daughters from Jesus. What are some things that we do to keep our children from Jesus? What are some things that we do? Sometimes it's tradition. Sometimes it's sports. Sometimes it's laziness. Sometimes it's just unwilling to work with children. Jesus was frustrated at those who were not allowing kids to come to him. So we see this in our text. We see that the parents brought them to Jesus, but the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus gets frustrated. And finally in our text, we see this. Jesus is willing to embrace the children. He's willing to embrace them. In Mark chapter 10, verse 16, the text that we just read, it says this, that Jesus took the children in his arms and he placed his hands upon them and he blessed them. No wonder parents loved Jesus. Amen? 
I don't know about you, but if you do something good to my children, I get more excited about that than if you did something good to me. Still want you to do something good to me. <laughs> but in it, moms, dads, grandparents, isn't that right? You do something good to my children and my grandchildren, man, that is awesome. And I'll be, I'll be flying high as a kite. And no wonder the parents loved, loved, loved Jesus because he was doing good to his children. Um, he, he knew them. This past week I heard a story uh, on the radio about a, I don't know, about a five-year-old girl um, who was having um, some difficulty with her Google Home. Now, for me with that, the Google Home, similar to uh, Amazon Alexa, right, with me. Technology, 21st century, one of you has one, praise God. You'll totally get this story. Um, but I thought it was really, really good. It's a good story. And so this, this, this girl, this five-year-old girl, I suppose, was, was really frustrated at her Google home because she would say this, hey, Google, what's my name? And Google would respond back to you, I don't know who you are. I don't know your name. And this made this girl mad. She was just mad. Google, what's my name? I don't know your name. The girl would call, Mom, Google doesn't know my name. And this went on and on and on, back and forth, back and forth. And, and she was so devastated that Google, a device, not a living creature, maybe the U.S. government, I don't know. <laughs> right? Yes. They're listening to you. They're listening. They're listening. But this five-year-old girl was so upset that Google did not know her name. She was crushed. But here's the great news about Jesus. Jesus knows your name. He knows your name. Jesus does not reject you because he knows your name. And parents took their children to him because he loved them. He spoke words of life to them. He hugged them. He cared for them. And Jesus filled them with great joy. The boys and girls were not afraid of him. They loved being around him. So here's my question. If we are followers of Jesus, should we do any less than what Jesus did? Amen? If we're followers of Jesus, should we do any less? Is there any greater work than, than caring for children? Should we not also bring our children to him? And that's what we are to do. We're to bring our children to him. As a matter of fact, it is Christ-like to love children. It is Christ-like to care for them. It is Christ-like to welcome them. It is Christ-like to embrace them. And here's what we need to understand in our culture it is like Jesus to become indignant at those who would mistreat children. Jesus gets frustrated at that. I will say this. Is that not like Jesus to save the, ba save the babies the world would kill? I think one of the things that we as a church, church as a whole, Protestant, evangelical, Jesus is the way. One thing that we need to understand and come to grips with and, and use against the world that, is attacks, that attacks us is this. 
Christianity has always been the religion, I'm calling it a religion for this moment, Christianity has always been the religion that safeguards the rights of children. That's it. Christianity is the only one. Folks, wherever the gospel goes, wherever the gospel of Jesus Christ goes, it honors families. It honors motherhood. It honors fatherhood. Christianity, followers of Jesus, protect and preserve the place of children. And wherever the name of Jesus Christ is proclaimed, wherever the name of Jesus Christ is lived, children are safe. And the followers of Jesus protect the children, and they love the children. Folks, we are in a battle against those who have yet to be born. And we need a voice. And the voice is Jesus. It says, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them. Well. Go to Matthew chapter 18, please. Do y'all have 35 more minutes? Nope, I understand, I get that. Nervous laughter. Matthew, go to Matthew chapter 18. This is, this is another uh, moment when Jesus um, interacts with children. And, and really this is, I think this is, this is the heart of the message, if you will. And in Matthew 18, we, we, we learn why children matter so much to him and why it should matter to us as well. Look at, look at verse number three. Verse number three. Um, let me set this up for you. Jesus is talking to the disciples, and the disciples are asking the question, who is the greatest? Who is the greatest? And what Jesus is going to tell them is this. The reason children matter is because of this. In order, in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven, you must have the faith of a child. And I want you to listen closely to this. Listen to this, verse number three. Jesus said, truly I say to you, Unless you are, what's that word? Converted. Huh. Unless you are converted. Other translations use the word turn. And again, another Greek lesson, this word converted, it's in the present tense, which means this. You are doing the turning. Jesus has already done the work. Amen? Jesus has died on the cross. He was buried. He was crucified. Now he's raised again. He's raised on the third day. He's soon coming. Jesus has done the work. Now Jesus, truly I say to you, unless you are converted, unless you turn, present tense means you do the turning. Jesus has already said, I love you. I want you. You got to come to him. He says, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Can I ask you a question this morning? Don't answer this out loud. Do you want to go to heaven? If so, it's really simple. Jesus said that you must become like a child. You must become like a child. Where you say, Jesus, I come to you. I need you. I've blown it. I need help. And I trust you. And I have nothing else to trust in but you and you alone. It means you come with humility, which means you come with dependence. Children depend upon adults so easily, do they not? You depend. 
come to Christ with complete honesty, just like a child. You've always heard the saying, uh, children say the darndest things. They speak the truth. That's just them. With children, there's no cover-ups, there's no games, there's no pride, there's no condition, there's no deals. It's just the faith of a child. If you want to become a follower of Jesus, you want to become a disciple of Jesus, then you have to come like a child. Where you just lift up your arms and say, Daddy, help me, I, I, I can't do it. And as you come to Jesus, you have to keep in your mind the most famous children's song probably in, in all of history. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is. Now the second verse tells you how to become a believer in Jesus Christ, or the next verse does. Jesus loves me, he who died. Heaven's gates to open wide. He will wash away my sin. Let his little child come and sing the chorus. Yes. Yes. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Maybe today you need to have the faith of a child and come to Jesus. That the words that we just sang become true to you. That Jesus died for you to wash away your sins. And he simply wants you to come and come as a child. Just come to him, and he will receive you, and he will accept you. So why do we talk about children? Why do we talk about, about how does Jesus love little children? Because the way you enter into heaven is that you have the faith of a child. And here's the second thing. When we welcome a child in Jesus' name, we are welcoming Jesus himself. Look at verse number five. Jesus said this, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. Whenever we receive children, here's what Jesus said, we're receiving Jesus himself. Whenever we receive children, we're receiving Jesus himself. So moms, dads, grandparents, how are you receiving children? Sunday school teachers, how are you receiving children? Are they... Are they a nuisance to you? Are you, are you frustrated with them? Or, or are you receiving them? Because when you receive them, you receive Jesus. And then here's the last thing, and then we're going to be done. Why we preach about G, uh, children, why are we talking about Jesus loves little children? Write this down. When we deliberately harm a child, we will face an unspeakable judgment. Verse 6. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. What does Jesus mean by this? What does Jesus mean by this? I believe it means this, that whenever you lead a child into sin, 
or you tempt a child to do evil or you, or you purposely hurt a child or you purposely abuse them, you purposely ignore them, you purposely expose them to danger, you purposely harm them physically or spiritually, if you do those things, you will face an unspeakable judgment. Jesus uses kind of a picture story here. He says, if you cause a little one to stumble, it would be better for you to have a millstone wrapped around your neck and you thrown into the depths of the sea. Two word pictures here. In ancient days, a, uh, the farmers would, would take grain and they would, they would grind it between two stones and the heaviest stone was the millstone. It was so heavy that it had to be pulled by a donkey. It was a huge, huge stone. And Jesus says, if you purposely hurt a child, this millstone will be wrapped around your neck which means, and then you're thrown into the depths of the sea. Um, in, in Scripture, in, in ancient days, the depths of the sea meant the, the deepest and the darkest and most turbulent death. And so Jesus said, if you abuse, you hurt, you reject them, he says, you will have like a millstone wrapped around your neck and you'll be thrown into the depths of the sea. And what Jesus is saying is this will be a painful, agonizing death. Now, in that text, I then have to ask myself, what does Jesus say about those who make their living by killing babies? Pope John Paul II said this, whoever attempts to destroy human life in the womb of the mother not only violates the sacredness of a living, growing, or developing human being and thus opposes God, but also attacks society by undermining respect for all human life. President Ronald Reagan put it very simply when he said this, everybody who's for abortion has already been born. We must not take our children's ministry lightly. But we must take it with the same spirit of Jesus Christ who welcomes children from all ages, stages, races, you name it, he welcomes them because he's gonna speak life to them because he wants them to know that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so this morning I declare to you today what I believe from Scripture, that, Lord, that the Lord Jesus Christ is on the side of those who are on the side of children. I believe that with all of my heart. And so today I say God bless uh, those who are volunteers in Vacation Bible School for all the work that you're going to do. God bless you who are Sunday small group leaders in our children's ministry. God bless those who are, who are children's choirs leaders. God bless those who do um, backyard Bible clubs. God bless those who, who foster children. God bless those who adopt children. God bless those who, who, who take care of children with special needs. And God bless those who do children's church for us. God bless those who spend their life, pouring their life into children for the sake of Jesus Christ. Church, we are for Jesus, and because Jesus is for children, we are for children. Let's close by singing, Jesus loves the little children.
Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Father, we thank you. I thank you for your word that so clearly states that you are for children. May we follow suit. May we be burdened as a people and as a church to to raise up children in the way that they should go. Father, I pray for the the men and the women here in our congregation that, uh, that, that pour into the children's ministry. God, give them a blessing. Have your favor rest upon them. And Father, give us a heart for children, oh God. Give us a heart for children. Father, we pray for the salvations of the children this coming week at Vacation Bible School. Oh God, save them. Save them. Father, I pray for the call into the mission field, onto the ministry. God, please do that to our children here at First Baptist Church, Brunswick. And Father, this morning, if there is somebody here, if there is a lady who has ever gone through an abortion, Father, I pray that you would wrap your arms of grace and love around her. And let her know that you love her. And that you rejoice over her. Father, if there's a man in here who has ever led or convinced a woman to have an abortion, God, I pray that you would wrap your arms around him as well, Father. Father, I pray that we as a church will do our part to protect the lives of the unborn and the lives of the born. All for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.